Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. I want to welcome you to week three of our Bible study on Acts. And I have to tell you, not only oh, we're in week three, but we haven't even started right? We're just like in the first two chapters. So who knows? It may be like my friend that I told you guys about and do it for five years. Yeah. No, we're not doing that. But, but you know what? The Lord's made me eat other things I said I wouldn't do. So who knows? Who knows? It's exciting. And I'm finding that as we dive into the book of Acts, you know, we, named, we added that additional part of the apostles, Okay, it was initially just Acts. And the more I read it, I'm like, oh, this actually was supposed to be Acts of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> Not so much the apostles. I mean, that, that comes later too, but really it's him operating in and through them and us. Amen. But what I find is so many of you, whether it's after our circle time or during the week, you shoot me a text or a direct message on Instagram, which you are always welcome to do, uh, your questions or anything that you want to let me know or ask me. But uh, what I find is that so many of you are wrestling with this fear of the unknown, this idea, and hey, I've been there, I promise. This idea of like, we covered last week the fact that, you know, he's been called a ghost for a long time, and that seems kind of scary, but we dispelled that and talked about, you know, what, what his name really means. And so if you haven't watched the first two weeks, make sure you do that. It's so important to lay that foundation. But so many of you have asked questions like, oh, Pastor Ashley, like... I mean, how do you know, right? Or what if the Holy Spirit has me do blah, 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 right? And in your head, it's like the worst possible thing. You're out with a megaphone on the street corner and you're screaming at people and like your friends are walking by and you're like, sorry, it's the Holy Spirit. You know? <laughs> and I was praying about it the other night and my mind went to... A moment when my five-year-old Fulton, I think he was four in this one particular moment, he came to me in the middle of the night, woke me up and said, Mommy, I'm so scared. I think there's a monster, right? Mamas, you've been there, in the corner of my room. And I said, all right, buddy, let's go check it out. And I walked into his room, you know, the hallway's dark and his room is dark and and I look where he's pointing, and he's pointing to his little Ikea bookshelf thing in the corner. And on the top is his favorite stuffed animal. But it's dark. And in the darkness, the shadows that are cast look a little scary because he doesn't recognize them. So what did I do? I turned the light on. I said, buddy, look. Turn the light on. Look, this is your best friend that daddy got you. This is your teddy. This is, this is good. This is not bad. So tonight, in the midst of some of your confusion, your fears, your, I don't know about this Holy Spirit thing, 
My prayer is that the light will be turned on. My prayer is that we'll be able to turn on the light and that the Lord will reveal to you who he really is and his desires and that he has nothing for you but good. Nothing but your best in his mind and his heart. And I promise you want everything, everything that he has for you. I want everything that he has for me. And as I was reading through scriptures this week, the Lord began to continually reveal to me an element of how the Lord speaks that those of us that are parents or maybe the favorite aunt, (laughs) the way we speak to the littles that we love. So often if I'm trying to articulate a big idea to my kids, what do I do? I speak in language and pictures that they understand. So if I want to talk about the idea of maybe hoarding, any hoarders in the crowd? Of course you're not going to admit that. It's okay. It's okay. You also haven't told anyone about the three storage units you own. Yeah. Right. No, if I'm unpacking the idea of a hoarder, maybe, maybe I talk about Ariel and the Little Mermaid. Remember how she used to just gather everything and stuff it in that? No, that one's too old. Okay, so maybe if I'm talking about child dedications, then maybe I'm going to talk about Lion King and I'm a penga. Anybody? No? Okay. Fulton's been singing that a lot lately. Yeah, that was just in my head. So big, profound pictures, right? But distilled down into their language, things that they've seen, things that they understand, stuff that's normal to their everyday life. The Lord does this throughout Scripture. The problem you and I have so often is that these passages were not written in 2020, So the pictures that you and I understand are vastly different than those who the actual Holy Spirit-inspired authors were writing to. So sometimes it helps me to understand those pictures. And so tonight, I want to unpack more revelation is my prayer, that the Lord will unpack that to you through a few images in scripture that most of us in this room, that it will be a bit foreign to at first. But I think before we leave tonight, we can really begin to grasp so much of what is unpacked in scripture. But I want to start in Acts 2 in verse 1. Scripture says, when the day of Pentecost came, Let's stop right there. When the day of Pentecost came. Well, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, okay? So it wasn't until I got to university studying theology, it wasn't until then that I understood that Pentecost wasn't the holiday that the Holy Spirit came initially, okay? So some of you, that's blowing your mind already. Whoa, whoa, wait. 
Are you telling me there was a Pentecost before the Holy Spirit came and baptized all those people? Yeah. Okay. So what is Pentecost? Let's stop there. And this is going to be one of your blanks that you can fill in. Pentecost is a holiday. It's a holiday. It's a Jewish holiday or feast. So I need for you to understand that when we say feast, okay, we're not just talking about Mama's Sunday dinner. We're talking about an actual Jewish holiday that was celebrated then and is still celebrated now. And we're going to unpack some of that. So in the Jewish calendar, there are multiple feasts, but there are three major feasts major feasts or holidays that we're going to unpack tonight that I believe will really help you to understand more of what Scripture is talking about and the Holy Spirit's purpose in your life. Okay, so three major holidays or, or feasts. These three feasts or celebrations or holidays, they were incredibly familiar to all the Jewish people and really to all the people in Jesus's time. They understood them. They were common conversation and talk. And these feasts had very specific and unique characteristics and ways that they were celebrated. And I'm only going to unpack a few of those tonight because the depth of them is like greater than the ocean, okay? So we're going to look at a few drops tonight. But I think it's important that you understand what Matthew 5 says in Scripture. Look with me. Matthew 5, 17. Jesus is speaking. And Jesus himself said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Now I want to stop right there. Because when Jesus is referencing the law, he's referencing the first five books of what we know as the Old Testament. Okay, the Torah. And when he's referencing the prophets, he's referencing most of the rest of the books of the Old Testament. Okay, so here's Jesus telling his followers, don't think that I've come to do away with that. I haven't. I haven't come to do away with it. Look at what Jesus says. I have not come to abolish them. Instead, I've come to fulfill them. I've come to fulfill everything that they talked about everything that they articulated in these celebrations, I, Jesus said, have come to fulfill it all. And so tonight we're going to talk about a little bit of that. And I want you to understand this is your next blank. Because of this, because of what Jesus said, even though we don't do the practices of the Old Testament, we still embrace the principles. So even though we don't do the practices, we still fully embrace the principles. So friends, with that in mind, the first holiday feast that we're going to unpack with this type of imagery tonight is Passover. Passover. And I have so many notes, I will not stray far from my podium tonight. Use it to drive. Passover. Passover is the celebration of the Hebrew children brought out of Egypt. Okay? It's the exodus 
And you can find it in the book of Exodus. Come on. So good. So I'm going to give you a synopsis in case you haven't read that story. It's a wild one. Anyone who says scripture is boring, like I swear, you just haven't read it. Like there's so much craziness that you're like, this is not even rated like PG-13. This is straight up R. And trust me. So the Hebrew children, they've traveled to Egypt because of a famine. And they find themselves, they end up enslaved to a Pharaoh there, forget it, 400 years. 400 years the Hebrew children enslaved to this Pharaoh. In fact, if you're a National Geographic fan, this Pharaoh used those Hebrew children to build those amazing pyramids and all kinds of things that you see on National Geographic, right? So for 400 years, they're enslaved, and that was not God's will, so he sent a deliverer to bring them out of Egypt, and his name was Moses. And Moses, like many of us, was like, no, please, not that. <laughs> and he's sent in, and, and Pharaoh doesn't want to let them go. So God sends a series of plagues on the Egyptian people to get Pharaoh to loosen his grip and let the Hebrew children go free. And the last plague that God sent was a particularly horrific one. And scripture says that the plague actually was that death would come upon the firstborn male of each household. And clearly God didn't want that for the Hebrew children. Really, God didn't want it for any of them. Amen? But God said to the Hebrew children, Make sure that you follow this process so that the death angel will not take your firstborn. I want you to find the most perfect lamb that you can. And what you'll do is you'll slaughter that lamb and you'll take the blood of that lamb and you will cover your doorpost. And when death sees that blood... He will pass over your house. It's called Passover, right? And so that's the story of what Passover celebrates. But I need for you to understand that when they got out of Egypt, God told them, make an annual holiday to remember how I delivered you. The annual holiday was celebrated in this way, Passover. This is what happened. The most perfect Passover lamb they could find was sacrificed at 9 a.m. The lamb was then put into the oven at 3 p.m., okay? And this sacrifice, and there was all of these other, I'm giving you, remember, drops tonight. The sacrifice that was offered covered their sins, now remember that, covered. They're still sinners, but that sacrifice covered their sins. Remember, Jesus came to fulfill 
Jesus died on what we call Good Friday. Guess what Good Friday is? Passover. Jesus died on Passover. So look with me. Don't miss this. This is powerful. Don't check out right now. Passover is fulfilled in this way. Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. The same time that the perfect lamb was to be slaughtered. Watch this. Jesus was put into the tomb to fight hell for you and me at 3 p.m. His sacrifice doesn't cover our sins, though. His sacrifice eliminates our sins. His sacrifice washes us clean. Why? Because he came to fulfill. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill every single feast that the Hebrew children celebrate. So no longer do sins need to be covered. No, 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 no. Why? Because the second you accept what Jesus did for you as that perfect sacrifice, your sins are removed. You're no longer a sinner. He has washed you clean. And friends, that is the free gift that is offered to each and every one of us. Oh, Pastor Ashley, you are making this up. No, no, no. Watch, watch with me. 1 Corinthians 5. The second part of verse 7 says, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Friends, this picture is so beautiful in Scripture. But because you and I, most of us in this room, were not raised Jewish, we miss so much of this beauty of how Jesus is saying, Look what I've done for you. Free gift that's offered to you and to me. And the next blank that you can fill in says, Passover fulfilled is salvation. It's salvation offered to you and me, completely free. All we have to do is receive what Jesus did for us. We cannot earn it. We can't deserve it. He deemed us worthy. So all we have to do is receive this free gift. And we've said it for the other two weeks, but I want to reiterate it. The reason that the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is separate from this, I believe is because God wanted you to understand that salvation is the beginning. It's that free gift. It is, yes, eternity in heaven, but he has something more for you here and now. And I believe he didn't want to just give you everything in the same package because then you'll think, oh, well, this has to do with eternity. And it's, no, 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 this is here and now. And I want you to see that difference. Free gift, Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so none of us can boast. Passover is that first holiday that Jesus fulfilled, offering us salvation. The third holiday, whoa, whoa, wait, Pastor Ashley, I know that you're blonde, but it's one, two, three. Yeah, I know. We're going to skip the second one. We're going to come back to it. 
The third holiday that I want to connect you with is called the feast. The third of the major holidays in chronological order in the calendar is called the Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles or Sukkot. The Feast of Tabernacles. Now this holiday was for the Hebrew children to celebrate and remember their wandering in the desert in circles for 40 years. And they did this in the kind of area that's um, around kind of modern day Saudi Arabia, is my understanding, wandering for 40 years over and over until they went into their permanent home of what we call the promised land, the land that God promised them. And basically this entire feast is even named after the portable tents. That's what tabernacles means. Tabernacle, and that's your next blank. Tabernacles means temporary home. Temporary home. Tent. Right? Portable house. Not necessarily an RV, but you get the picture, right? So, with tabernacles, three elements of that feast, of that holiday that you need to understand, and they'll be on the screens. First is, it was to remember the wandering and the living in their temporary home, right? The 40 years of the wandering. Second, that holiday was to remember and to celebrate the fact that they were brought into their promised home, their promised land. And last, what I think is important is that this holiday was celebrated during harvest season. Do you begin to see where this is going? We, friends, are wandering in our temporary home. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you have said yes to the sacrifice that he made for you and for me, then this is not our home. We have a land that has been promised, a different home. Look with me, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1 says, For we know that when this earthly tent... When this earthly tent or tabernacle that we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house, a permanent home in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Oh, aren't the pictures beautiful? So tabernacles... This holiday, this feast, it's fulfilled this way. We are wandering in our temporary home right now, friends. If you have said yes to Jesus, to the salvation he offers you, then we will be brought into our final, our promised home in heaven. 
And I love this. This gets me excited. Lastly, remember, it's celebrated in harvest season. Scripture promises us that before this happens, there will be a great harvest. I believe we are living in that harvest season right now. Friends, in the last 20 years, more people have said yes to Jesus than in the 2,000 years prior. Think about that. Well, Pastor Ashley, what are you saying? Are you saying that you think the Lord's going to come back soon? Could be. Could be. Let's look at what Scripture says. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. I don't know when the Lord is coming back, but I do know that this, what we're about to read, will happen, friends. This will happen. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. You want to underline that word trumpet because you want to know what the other, what the other name for this feast is called? Feast of Trumpets. So powerful, right? Just the way the Lord paints this picture. Scripture says the dead in Christ will rise first. So all of the saints that have gone before, their spirits, I believe, are with the Lord right now, but their dead bodies will rise and they'll go first. And then 17 says, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be forever with the Lord. Tabernacles will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back for us. Tabernacles will be fulfilled when the Lord comes back for you and for me. And here's what I want you to understand, because so many of us, especially if you've been in church for a minute, we kind of get a grasp on the cross, on what Jesus did for us. We kind of get that. We talk about that a lot. And then we also kind of get a grasp on this idea of heaven. So we get where our journey as Christians begins, right? Jesus did this for us. And then we get where it's going to end. But we don't really understand this in-between part, right? Because there is more for this in-between part. There's an assignment. There's a reason that he hasn't already taken us to heaven. You know that, right? If you have breath in your lungs, there's still more for you to do. There's more that he has for you, and there's a reason that he has you here. And it's not Netflix. I mean, the Lord will use Netflix. Don't get me wrong. It's this in-between part that I want to address with this last feast that we're going to talk about. That second holiday that falls 50 days after Passover. That second holiday is called Pentecost. And even some of us in this room, when we hear that word, we're like, ooh, it's scary. And I made the joke before, maybe you reference it with, you know, either wearing no makeup or a lot of makeup. And that is not what that means. 
Or maybe to you it means like having some sort of crazy exhibition of, you know, nutso stuff and, and that's, that, no, the word is not scary. Can I tell you what the word Pentecost means? It, now wait for it, because it's real scary, okay? Pentecost means 50. Ooh! Now, I know some of you think turning 50 is scary, but it's not. 50 is the new 30. Yes. But there's nothing scary about the number 50. There's nothing scary about this word. But the enemy has tried to make you so afraid of understanding what the Lord has for you, of understanding this in between salvation and heaven, If you start to grasp that you have an assignment and that he has power for you in this in-between, then you terrify the enemy. And so what does he do? Well, he turns that light off in hopes that you think this amazing gift from God that's sitting there waiting for you just like my son's gift from his father that he loves so much. When the light was out, he was scared. We're turning the light on, friends. The Holy Spirit is turning the light on so that you begin to see what He has for you. The holiday of Pentecost is exactly 50 days after Passover. And so what were they celebrating before the Holy Spirit came? Because it was a holiday before the Holy Spirit fell on all those people. It was already a Jewish holiday. We established that. So what were they celebrating? That holiday celebrates the fact that God gave His law to His people on Mount Sinai. So His people, they've come out of slavery, out of captivity, they're out of Egypt, and they're all around this mountain, right? And the actual presence of God shows up. And He shows up with this loud noise and, wait for it, fire. And what does he do? He writes his law on tablets, much bigger than this. This is all I can pick up, (laughs) it's very heavy. And he writes his law on tablets for them. So I want you to understand, this Pentecost holiday remembers what happened. So God's presence descended with a loud noise and with fire. God wrote his law on tablets of stone. But then what happens? In the account in the Old Testament, his people had made a graven image and they reject God and 3,000 people died. And so on Pentecost, that holiday is about remembering what happened. And here's what I want you to see. The Holy Spirit came with all of His power, not just on any day, friends, on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. And you can see this in Scripture. If you look back at Acts 1, I don't have it on your screens because I had so much Scripture tonight, but you'll see the 40 days that Jesus was here and He was making Himself evident to everyone, hey, it's me, guys, my hands, my side. 
And then he tells them to wait for 10 days. 40 plus 10. We are doing math tonight. I'm sorry. (laughs) Pentecost is fulfilled. Through the Holy Spirit, on that holiday, Remember in the Old Testament, the cloud of God's presence came with a loud sound and fire. What do we know? The Holy Spirit descended with a loud sound and fire. Acts 2, verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there was a loud sound, like the blowing of a violent wind. Why would the sound that God chose be violent wind? We already talked about that. Because it's His breath. That's the name of the Holy Spirit. A loud sound. And then look, look. A violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. So they have flames that look like tongues, like licking fire, right? Why fire? Well, now you know. What was the Lord doing? He was writing His name all over every part of this. Hey, this is me. This is me. You know these images. You've always related these images with who I am. So I am painting a picture of myself on this. Why? So that you don't have to be afraid. So that you will know it is me is what the Lord is saying. Don't miss the image. It's me, it's me, it's me. And he says it in one way and then he says it in another way and over and over. Not only on the day of Pentecost, but with all of these images. It's so powerful, friends. And then scripture says that at Mount Sinai, he wrote his law on tablets. But on the day of Pentecost, not on tablets anymore, friends. He wrote his law on their hearts. He began to write his law in a continual way, right? I don't believe this is a one-time, boom, you have everything. How many of you know we're all in process? If I don't constantly go before the Lord, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. I need more of you. I need more of you. And he goes, oh yeah, I'll write a little bit more today. I'll write a little bit more today. Why? Because if I try and bear this whole thing, guess what, guys? I fail over and over. He said, no, 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 I got you. I got you. We're going to do this. Hebrews. Chapter 10, verse 11 says, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away your sins. They, they used to cover them, right? But they don't take them away. But when this priest, talking about who? Jesus When he had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. For by one sacrifice, he's made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy were being made to look more like him, right? Verse 15, this is it. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. 
First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, meaning after the time the Spirit comes in all of his power. I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts, they're gone. I remember them no more. Where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. His law, God wants to write it on our hearts. Why? Because Pentecost fulfilled means His power in us to be witnesses here and now. Why is He writing His law on our hearts? Why does He desire for us to have His law written on our hearts, not just trying to adhere by the tablets. Why? Because He wants us to have power, power here and now to be witnesses. Acts 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, meaning in your city in Judea and Samaria, meaning your region, and to the ends of the earth, globally. You'll be my witnesses. I was meditating on that this week, and I really felt the Lord say to me, talk for a second about what it is to be a witness. A witness is not a judge. A witness is not an accuser. A witness simply says what they have experienced. So some of you have been so terrified that God's going to call you to, again, a megaphone on the street corner. Is that a witness? Well, is God, is God calling you to tell people what they need to be doing? That's, that's not a witness. A witness is telling people, let me tell you what I've experienced. I'm not going to tell you what you're supposed to do. I'm going to tell you what I have experienced. There's a difference, friends. Because in my experience, when I have someone telling me what I need to be doing, that's a lot different than someone going, hey, friend, let me tell you. You know what? I did that, and this is what happened to me. Different. He's calling you, offering you this power in the Holy Spirit. Can you go to heaven without His power? Sure you can. Remember, salvation, heaven, this is for in between. He's calling you to be a witness. He's not calling you to do something outrageous and crazy. And No, He's calling you to be a witness. Now, here's, here's where people get this confused. Because he is continually writing his law, his desires, his instructions on our hearts and minds, what may seem crazy today in five years from now will be your norm. If you let him write his law on your heart. God is a God of redemption. 
And I love how beautiful His redemption is even in this picture. Remember when at Mount Sinai, 3,000 died because they rejected God with that graven image? At the day of Pentecost, guess how many people got saved? 3,000. He's a God of redemption. He is a God of outrageous pictures that He paints and writes and draws for you and for me so that He can say, look, it's me. Look, it's me. You gotta see, this is me. This is not something to be scared of. This is me. I'm gonna close with this. I was asking the Lord to give me an image. And this is, I mean, the Lord speaks to me in just funny ways, okay? And let me tell you what I saw. (laughs) Any friends, fans out there? Like, I'll be there for you. Not like having friends. I mean the TV show. Let's get real right now. For some of you, you're like not returning because I've ever watched Friends. Like not, no. Okay, anybody remember the episode when Phoebe runs? For those of you that are way holier than me, let me tell you about this episode. Okay? So you guys, do you guys watch Friends? Yeah, so make sure you get this on video because this is going to be something. All right, so... There's an episode where they, they have this idea of Phoebe and Rachel. They're running together, okay? And so Phoebe starts her jog. And she's running as well as I can in stilettos like this. Right? And Rachel is terrified. She's like, I am not running with her. Have you seen her run? This is crazy. I'm not running with her. And it won't talk to her about it either. She's like, I'm not even, oh. And then finally, there's this awkward exchange and, and Rachel finally brings it up. And she's like, well, I don't want to run with you because it's embarrassing. Because you run crazy. And she's like, I know. She goes, you know? And she's like, yeah. But I run like that because it's the only way it's fun. (laughs) You know, like how you ran when you were a kid. You know? And you're you're running and everything's falling. You know, you're just nothing graceful about it. It's just fun. And I had that picture in my head. And I was like, Lord, please don't make me do that on stage. And in that instant, I saw some of us, myself included. Man, we love the Lord. We want to do His will. We want to do exactly what He's called us to. And so we grab His written word and we're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And we white knuckle our way through this Christian life. And Lord, I know I'm saved. No, I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm going to be kind and I'm going to honor. And, and, and then you see Phoebe, the spiritual Phoebe, and she is running by you. And you're like, what is 
she doing? She looks crazy. But she looks like she's having fun. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Friends, the Lord, He wants to write His instructions, His law, His desires on your heart so you can run and have fun. He wants to write them on your heart so your arms can be free and your legs can flail. Not so you can look crazy, but so you can actually have fun running after Him again. For some of you, you don't even remember what that feels like. For some of you, you've never experienced His freedom in that way. And friends, I want to tell you, it's available. His freedom is available to you to run in a fun way into everything God has for you in that in-between phase, salvation, heaven. There's so much here and He doesn't want you to white knuckle through it. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to run like Phoebe after Him, enjoying every single part of it. That is His will for you. It is His desire. And some of you thought, Lord, if I can just love you more. You love Him. He knows that. Trust Him. Trust Him to fill you in a new way so that you can run in His freedom. It's available for you. He's available for you. Friends, His power, so that you cannot tell people what they're supposed to do, so that you can witness. You can say, you know what? This is what God's doing in me. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Can I tell you that? I'm not done yet. I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. I got a lot of stuff. He's still writing on my heart. A lot. Okay? Some of you think I have more than I do, but I got a lot. Especially now, after friends, right? He has more for you. So tonight, I wonder if we could just spend a few minutes in worship. Some of you need to remember not how to love the Lord. You love the Lord. Some of you need to remember that He's called you to run in the fun way. Not to white knuckle. You've done that for too long, friends. That His love for you is perfect, even when your love isn't. He knew that. That's why He sent Jesus. So you're good. Also, Jesus isn't one of those lambs that just covers. He removes. So all the stuff that the, the enemy keeps trying to, no, 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 it's gone. It's gone. He removes. His forgiveness is perfect. It is free. And so right now, I want to pray for you. And I want the band to go ahead and start singing. Because for some of you, you need to be at this altar. Because what this altar will represent is that stepping out. It's that moving out of your comfort zone. It's that getting to a point of freedom. Some of you need that in this moment. Some of you, 
maybe, maybe you, you need or want to kneel at your seat or be there, be free. Be free. I want you to remember what it is to run again in the fun way. In Jesus' name. Bow your heads. I want to pray for you. If you're here and you haven't said yes to the fulfillment of that first holiday, you can do that now. There's not like a specific phrase or anything. We have suggestions just because we've all been there. But in your own way, just say, Lord, I receive everything. Your forgiveness, the completion, the fulfillment of what Passover was. I I receive, I want your salvation. And I believe that all of heaven is rejoicing if you say that. If you're here and you want more of his power, not to white knuckle harder, but to run in his freedom, to really be that witness, to actually talk about experiencing God in a way that others even want to. Some of you haven't led anyone to the Lord because you don't think anybody would ever even want that experience because you haven't even enjoyed it. Friends, it's time to enjoy Him. He is love. He is peace. He is freedom. You know what? Scripture says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Some people walk right by it, but it's there. It is there if you're willing to step out and receive it. So right now, I'm going to start praying, but I want you to come as I'm praying. Come right now. Lord, you see our hearts. You know those of us, God, that need to run like Phoebe. Lord, we need to experience your freedom in newness, in freshness. Some of us are needing to step out, Lord. We want more of your power. We want you to fall on us in a way that you never have before. For some of us, it will be a quiet moment. For some of us, it will be tears, Lord, because we're releasing. We're releasing all of that stuff, Lord. You know whatever it is. Come in your way. Come in your way. We trust you, Lord. We want everything you have for us, all of heaven that you want us to experience right here. Lord, we ask you to do it. We ask you to do it right now in whatever way you choose, God. We want everything you have for us. We are not in a rush. We want you, Lord. Fall on us, Lord, in whatever way you choose. Be that breath of fresh air. Refresh us in the way that you desire, God, so that we can run again. In Jesus' name, Lord, we trust you to do it. We trust you to do it. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.